Ladies and gentlemen, you have now arrived and you are now listening to Midnight Station Wrestling. I am your host, Andrew Caramon. This is a podcast about wrestling, wrestling news, highlights, weekly shows, plus a fantasy booking of a certain topic or even a pay-per-view prediction. So if you have a suggestion on what do you want me to, to fantasy book next, follow me on my social media pages on Instagram at MSW underscore wrestling. That is MSW underscore R-E-S. T-L-I-N-G, and on TikTok at Andre Codevibe. That is A-N-D-R-E-C-O-L-D-V-I-B-E. I'll also upload some clips of this podcast in our YouTube channel, Midnight Station Wrestling. Okay, without further ado, let's talk about wrestling. Do I have everybody's attention now? You know what? A lot, a lot has happened actually for the past few weeks of wrestling, and to be honest, it's really a great, a, a great, great time to be a wrestling fan today, with with what is happening with the quote unquote war between AEW and WWE plus the use of the Forbidden Door, and even the small promotions like the indie promotions of Impact, Ring of Honor. Um, New Japan, it's really, it, it really gives an exciting feel on the wrestling landscape today. So, yeah, but without further ado, let's start with the first segment. And this segment is called Wrestling Rumor Mill. segment of wrestling rumor mill we are going to talk about some wrestling news wrestling rumors that have happened in the past week or past days so yeah a, a lot of a lot is happening a lot has been happening for the past few months in the world of pro wrestling in the world of this crazy 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 sport entertainment that we all love um we we have a few news uh, and rumors that we are going to talk about. So the first one is going to be about Samoa Joe. So if you haven't heard, um, few days before the the start of the new era of NXT, the NXT 2.0, a few days before that, um, Samoa Joe announced on his Instagram that he has suffered an injury. But the, but he did not disclose what the injury was or how or how severe it is. He just said that the WWE doctors told him that he'll need some time to recover and there is no timetable for his return. And he said that the new era of NXT deserves a fighting champion. That's why um he is for he is relinquishing the title and he's forced to relinquish it because of this injury. So. Um, yeah, uh, 
this is what Joe said. This is what Joe said in, on his Instagram video. And, and I quote, man, do you remember that, that gimmick? Mid 2010 or 2011 when WWE was so stale, they have um, uh, anonymous general manager with a laptop and Michael Cole would always say, and I quote. Yeah, that's pretty boring, but yeah, and, and, uh, and I quote. Samoa Joe said, that's why it makes, that's why it makes this very difficult decision very easy to make. Effective immediately, I relinquish the NXT Championship. Best of luck to those who will buy for it and my sincerest condolences to whoever wins it because I will be along shortly to recollect what is mine. So yeah, um, talking about Samoa Joe, Samoa Joe has been um, hunted by, by his injuries. Um, it has derailed his momentum in the main roster a few times, up even up to the point that he was made um he was how should I put it? He was placed on the commentary team last year because of his injury and Vince doesn't want guys who are very injury prone or prone to injuries. And yeah, I mean Samoa Joe, the, 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 the last injury that Samoa Joe experienced or suffered was an injury um, during a commercial shoot for WWE. I'm not sure if that is a concussion or a, a bone-related injury or hand injury or something like that. But that was the last um, injury that he suffered that really sidelined him for a very, very long time, which um, leads... To Samoa Joe being part of the commentary team of Raw. Well, Samoa Joe is very good at what he does because it's Samoa Joe. I mean, let's be honest, Samoa Joe is a very talented man, a very, he's a veteran of this industry, and I think he can do whatever he, the, the booker asks him to do, and he can do it at the best of his capabilities, better than most of the guys. <clears throat> Sorry. But but yeah, I mean, that's the thing with Samoa Joe. Like, he has been suffering an injury and and it has been, it has been the cause of um, his poor main roster, main roster push. And with, with the new era of NXT coming up this week or even happened happened this week because I'm 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 recording this um Friday. I might upload this later or a day or two, but yeah. So I'm recording this this um podcast on a Friday midnight. That's why it's called Midnight Station Wrestling. Anyway, so yeah I'm recording this and there's some there are some theories that um Samoa Joe relinquishing the title is just part of a storyline we're in because it's a new era they want to usher in a new champion they want to usher in the new era with the new champion but I don't I don't know man I don't think it's part of a storyline or something but whatever it is whether it's a work or a shoot I hope 
uh, for a speeder probably for someone to and I know that he will bounce back from this one. So yeah, now let's talk about other news. So now let's talk about some contracts and and rumor pieces or let's say contracts and um wrestling return pieces. So first up let's talk about um the contracts of Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens and Johnny Gargano. So uh, I believe that the news was that Zayn and Owens contract is coming up by early next year and Gargano's contract will be up by December this year. So here are my thoughts here. Okay, so if you try to understand what is happening, if you remember Adam Cole, baby, yeah, I, I, I need to say it. it. It doesn't make any sense when you say Adam Cole without saying baby. So yeah, um, just look at Adam Cole's contract, baby, and Alistair Black's contract. Alistair Black's contract um, was overlooked that he didn't, they didn't upgrade his contract to a main roster contract. So, um, the moment when when he got fired by WWE, his contract clause is enough. Is his contract clause is just thirty days no compete. But usually with with the main roster guys, it's six ninety days no compete clause. But they they forgot to upgrade it. So, um, Black's contract is still a developmental contract. That's why. His non-complete class is just like this. And the other one is Adam Cole. Adam Cole's contract was a shocker for everyone involved. WWE didn't know, Adam Cole didn't know that his contract already expired a month before um, NXT TakeOver 36 or a month before SummerSlam, something like that. And during this time, these contracts are under Siemens um, authority overseeing. He is the one overseeing this and he got fired long before these contracts came up. So it may have been an overlook by Siemens or overlooked by the management. I don't know. It's just a weird one. So. Yeah, I'm talking about Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, and Johnny Gargano. I feel like these three would um sign would re-sign with the with the W with the WWE, especially Gargano in this new era of NXT. I believe that they need someone like Gargano, someone like Johnny Gargano, who is a reliable workhorse and a beloved um character in NXT. Also with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, I believe um, Kevin Owens would be a great main eventer, additional main eventer, either on Raw or SmackDown. Or, yeah, even even a champion. I would, uh, I'm, I'm going as far as saying that Kevin Owens could be a champion for a year and carry the whole show, whether it's Raw or SmackDown. It doesn't matter. That's how good Owens is. Sami Zayn, on the other hand, could could handle the mid card or the upper mid card um scene in the main roster. So yeah, I mean this this 
three wrestlers are very important part of what WWE is doing right now, especially with um with what AEW is doing with getting a lot of big names and boosting up their ratings and, and, and such. They need workhorses like Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, and Gargano to build up their stocks, to build to build up their roster, basically. <laughs> so if the question is should they not extend their contract and go to AEW? Heck no. Just let, let, let them stay in, in WWE. WWE's roster is getting thinner and thinner. With, well, technically it's not thinner because both, every brand has a depth in their roster. But again, the guys who is in the creative working, working in that department or even the produce some of the producers doesn't see the talent or doesn't see that star quality level, that star quality that we're looking for in some of the guys. Like the name of you is Cesaro. Um let's say Riddle. Riddle is still in the tag tag team um picture, but I know at some point, maybe late next year. Or mid next year after WrestleMania season, Matt Riddle would be in the main event team, challenging for the title. So yeah, I mean, AEW has a talent jam right now with all the main eventers that they got with um, Cole, Danielson, and Punk, plus having their own homegrown talents like. Kenny Omega, Orange Cassidy, Jungle Boy, um, for the others, Darby Allen, Young Bucks, all those guys. I mean, they have a uh, a slew of talent in in AW, and I hope that TK would stop getting people to AEW because they have a a great roster right now, and. The only challenge for that is you are you are getting a lot of these main eventers, and main eventers wants to wants to be or wants to stay in the main event. And if you don't put them in the main event, or if you're if you're not booking them well, they would be, and that would be a huge problem for AEW. So yeah, just 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 stop TK. I mean TK. Uh, I love what you're doing, but you have a lot of talent in there. You have a lot of homegrown talents. Feature the main, feature the women's wrestlers, and it would it would really um spike up your viewership. Trust me, because that is what I like during the time in during the time in WWE when they are forcing the women's revolution angle, right? I mean, all of us love those matches between Charlotte and Sasha, Charlotte and Becky, Becky and Sasha, Bailey and Sasha, Alexa Bliss. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> with, 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 with the roster that AEW has right now, I feel like 
the the wisest things that PK would would and could do is to use these established stars like CM Punk, that Brian Ah, oh, it's pretty hard with the name. CM Punk, Brian Danielson, um, Adam Cole, Malachi Black. Use it to elevate new stars. Use it to elevate homegrown talents. People that haven't, <clears throat> sorry, people that haven't been on the spotlight. Um, compared to the spotlight that these former WWE guys already had, and I feel like that would be a very good um way of doing business and storytelling. And again, I always say that you don't need. I always say this when I talk to wrestling people, wrestling fans, um, especially with the members of WWE Philippines Facebook group. So yeah, um, I already say that you don't need to lose the match for you to elevate new stars. Sometimes, even if you win the match, for example, let's say. Um, given the name of um CM Punk, and then let's put um Darby Allen for example. Whether CM Punk wins or not, as long as Darby Allen would 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 be booked to to be a to be the breakout star of that match, and and for for that match to showcase what Darby Allen can do, and the same and at the same time. Really show that Derby Allen could could be in the main event scene. Winning is really second fiddle to what they're doing. You, you you get what I mean? Like wins and losses really doesn't doesn't matter does not matter to wrestling fans. I mean, it it kind of matters, but again, it's the showing. It's the it's the showcase of the talents. It's the presentation of the talents that really matters. Because sometimes you you lost the match, but still you came out to be the one who is getting cheered for, or you came out to be the one who is getting that praises from from the guys at the back, and even from the guys um watching the shows because of the talent that they have showcased. Or the angle that they have shown. So I always say that losing, losing young young guys, young guys being ano. Uh, I always say that young guys losing to veterans is not a burial for them. I think burial has a different meaning these days. But in a wrestling sense, burial is when when they don't put you over and they bury. Well, technically, yeah, that, that that is what it means. They bury you deep to the deep in the card that people won't won't see you, or they bury you that people won't believe that you could be uh, a threat to anyone, or bury you in a sense that the management would see nothing in you that they would remove your time, remove the time the TV time that you have. So yeah, it's really a challenge. But again, losing to a veteran is not really a burial, especially when when 
you are the one being showcased to be the great one. So yeah, I, I, I'm going to upload a video about this, um, what AEW should do and what AEW shouldn't do to avoid the mistakes that WCW has done. So if, if you want to... If you want to hear my thoughts on that one, look out for my YouTube channel or our YouTube channel. It's Midnight Station Wrestling. Again, my YouTube channel is Midnight Station Wrestling. So yeah, um, well, now we're done with the contract. Let's talk about some return pieces. So first one, let's talk about Paige teasing his return. So um, in, his, in her Twitch stream, Paige, yeah. Page facing her return to wrestling. So in her Twitch stream, he she is saying that um her neck feels good, like it doesn't it she doesn't feel that pain before from the from the neck injury that happened what two two or three years ago. So yeah, and again with the returns of Edge and Daniel Bryan who has suffered. Um, career-threatening neck injuries. It's a big possibility that Paige could return. I think he's just she's just thirty, or years, few years less than thirty, and she has a lot to offer, especially with the roster of talent. Um, we need to see a new face in the roster of talents in the women's division of SmackDown and Raw. So, yeah, and the other one is when Hubbardsunda, or you may, may have known him as Gray Wyatt. He is teasing his return. Um, not any particular um, promotion or, or whatever, but the rumors are he would go either on Impact or AEW, but please go to Impact, man. Look at what they have done with the with the broken map gimmick and the brother Nero. I mean, Impact has given guys the creativity to do what they need to do or what they want to do creatively, and yeah, they are great at doing it. So for me, I would I would love to see when Hamratunda and Buddy Murphy go to Impact. Plus, it's with, with the Forbidden Door. What's what's the point? I mean, with the Forbidden Door, anyone could go anywhere. Unless you're from WWE or you're in WWE. But you, with the Forbidden Door being wide open, any guy from independent scene would go from company to company. So, yeah. I mean, those are some of the news that has happened in the past few days, past few weeks. I hope you like it, and yeah, we're going to do this wrestling rumor mill every episode of this podcast, and yeah, but, but now let's let's transition to a different segment, which I would call Highlights and Lowlights of the Week. We are going to talk about um, the weekly shows Raw, SmackDown, AEW, Rampage, AEW Dynamite. Just the highlights and the lowlights because I don't want to talk about 
um i don't want to to do a recap because a lot of podcasts a lot of youtubers are already doing it so i would just give them to them i would give it to them and what i would do is i'm gonna i'm just gonna list down what i like and what i don't like on on each show every week so yeah Let's talk about. Let's start off with Raw. Raw has been doing great, consistent for the past two weeks and last last week with with the whole tag team turmoil, and now this week with the whole Big E winning, cashing in and winning the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. So easily. Easily landslide vote. Big E. Big E cashing in and winning the title was the highlight of Raw. Highlight of this this week's Raw. So I I love the angle that they they did. It was a whole a big baby face move. A big big baby face move for um Big E. Um tweeting out that he is going to cash in. And all throughout the show, he is doing interviews, um, subtle hints that he's looking out, and and he will cash in to whoever is the winner of the Bobby Lashley versus Randy Orton match. And I love the angle that they did when Bobby got greedy, and even after he won that he won the match with Randy, he still continued to. To beat up Riddle and Randy up to the point that um, Riddle and Randy got the better of him and kind of injured his knee as a work. So, yeah, I mean, I love the angle that Bobby is injured and with Big E cashing in. Actually, while I was watching it, I thought for a second there that Big E would lose the money in the bank because for like two minutes or less um lashley is getting the upper hand of biggie but with 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 the injury and a, a wrong move from lashley biggie capitalized it with a big ending and really capturing the ti- capturing the title and i love how they kind of recreated the Kofi Mania angle, where at the end of at the end of um, his celebration, New Day came out and celebrated with him. So, yeah, I mean this is a big win for for Big E, no pun intended. But yeah, the the only thing the only downside to this one is that Big E is the only. Um, Let's say worthy, for lack of a better term. Big E was the most worthy and at the same time um, believable contender for the tribal chief Roman Reigns because he is the only one in the upper mid-card and main event scene that um, Roman Reigns hasn't faced or defeated yet. He, he hasn't lost 
Big E, Big e never lost to Roman Reigns as the tribal chief. So, yeah, I mean, looking how they book or they are planning it, the long-term storytelling wherein Big E is doing some backstage segments with Paul Heyman. But, yeah, they, they served it and made the cash-in with Bobby Lashley. I guess to reunite the, the New Day, to have the New Day and the New Day versus um, the New Day versus the Hurt Business after what uh, after the after the the Raw show, um, MVP posted a picture with with him in in on in a plane with Shelton Benjamin and and Cedric Alexander tweeted something like, um, "Lashley should should have a backup during that match or something like that." So, yeah, if if they are, um reuniting the Hurt Business, it would be a great match. Hurt Business versus The New Day. Plus, um, on the upcoming Survivor Series, it would be a great, great match if it would be The New Day versus The Bloodline. So, it's gonna be Robert Smackdown, Big E as the Raw Champion, and um, you know, Roman as the Smackdown Champion. And if, if The New Day would win the tag titles from Riddle from RK Bro, it would be the titles tag team and the main event title facing each other on Summers on huh, on Survivor Series. That's this is this is what is challenging about recording this in midnight. My my brain is half asleep, so I'm not really I'm not sure what am I saying. But yeah, I mean this is just me talking about the things that I love, especially pro wrestling. So yeah, I, it it was a it was a big a babyface moment for Big E, and I love um, John Silver's tweet after it that he said that he can see John Huber Brody Lee um, hugging Big E after the match after he won the title. And it's great to see. It's great to see people from different promotions being happy for each other. That's what. That's when you see the brotherhood that that goes beyond what we see on the on television. And I think in this in this day and age of wrestling, where kayfabe is really kayfabe is really not non-existent. Kayfabe is the acting part, um, acting part of the character, even outside, outside of the ring. So yeah, I mean, we kayf- kayfabe being not as big of a deal as it was in the nineties. Yeah, you could you could just see the brotherhood that they have for each other. Um, without without the boundaries of the promotion. So yeah. And for for the low light, <coughs> sorry, for the low light, I'm not sure what should I call the low light, and I don't I don't think there would be a low light. Well, it's not really a low light, meaning it's I just feel like this segment 
was the one that is the weakest for me, which is the Alexa Bliss and Charlotte, only by the fact that Charlotte is the champion again. So, yeah, but but the whole angle is great. Removing that supernatural stuff from Alexa Bliss was was a thing of beauty, and just making him making her just a psycho killer whatever character that's great that's the only thing that i feel like you know i feel like alexa's alexa's character sh- needed because bray white isn't isn't there anymore so the fiend is not there the fiend is not the one who is um manipulating her so yeah, so yeah. I mean, that's kind for me. That's the weak point. But all in all, the raw, raw this week is very, very, very good compared to the few months of raw. Giving it a solid four out of five, five out of five. Yeah. Now let's talk about NXT 2.0. I mean. NXT's grunge era, 2016-2018, that would be the best NXT for me. No question asked. No question, that would be the, the best NXT for me. But I, I'm kind of off. I'm kind of, of optimistic. I'm kind of optimistic about this um, revamp, rebrand of NXT being this colorful hip-hoppy presentation of NXT and the presentation of the new guys. I don't know much about the new guys that is in the show. I, I just know that the guy that LA Knight faced is the son of a Steiner, Rick Steiner. And his name is kind of stupid, kind of weird. Braun Breaker with double K. But yeah, he has he has a good presentation. He has a good um push coming on his way so yeah and well sticking with the highlights and the lowlights highlights for this week's nxt revamp would be of course the it, it's a tie between the index wedding and the fatal four-way match index wedding because it's the first wedding in the WWE that doesn't end in a brawl. It's the first wedding that really ended with the proper wedding end. Is that a, is that a word? Is that a thing? Like, you know, it, there's no interference. There's no um, shenanigans. And and I love how there's, there's a spot there where Beth Phoenix asks if, if there is anyone who is who wants the wedding to end and all of the NXT heels, NXT face, um, wrestlers raise their hands. So that's kind of funny. Cause no one no one really wants to see um Dexter Loomis in in, in the Hartwell get married, but that's the angle and everyone is buying it, so it's fun. It's a fun, fun segment. 
the other one, the other highlight is of course the fatal four way for the vacated NXT championship championship, which we have talked about a few few minutes ago. So yeah, I mean talking about um that fatal four way championship, really the highlight of it is um Tommaso Champion. Tommaso Ciampa being the champion again. Getting back his Goldie. And the Goldie that he never lost, but he because of the injury, he need to vacate it. So so yeah, I mean giving the title to Tommaso Ciampa is like giving the title to Undertaker. Workhorse, reliable guys. And I just know that Champa would be a great champion. A great champion that would elevate the new stars and even establish the present stars that is in that is in NXT. The low light would be I didn't like the lighting, the in-ring lighting. It's too bright for me. Like you can see the whole thing there's no secrets there's no um blind spots for me but that's just uh, you know nitpicking and me personal preference the other one is kylo riley being being pulled out from the fatal four-way so he was um replaced with von wagner did i get did i get that name right von wagner yeah, I think that that guy's name is Von Wagner. So um, he's another second generation star, and backstage they are saying that he he's um, a future main eventer. He has the same path as a young edge. He has the edge of a young edge, but um, anyway. So yeah, that's kind of a low light for me because it doesn't make it doesn't even make any sense that you you pull out um you know, you pull out Kyle O'Reilly without any reason. You could have made an angle where someone attacked him from behind and he won't be medically cleared to to fight during that show. So you could have done something with it. You don't you don't I don't know. You don't pass the opportunity to create to create a compelling story just because you don't plan about it. So yeah. That's basically it for my NXT recap. NXT revamp. NXT 2.0. Now we're let's let's stick with with WWE and let's talk about SmackDown. Are you ready? Now, let's talk about SmackDown. So, yeah, I mean, the highlight for this one would easily be um, that whole Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman angle where Paul Heyman um, was so scared of Brock and Brock said to Roman that why didn't you tell Roman that I will be at SummerSlam, so there is that that seed of the of rip from 
Rome from Paul Heyman and the Bloodline. And after Brock said that, Roman Reigns and the Usos left the ring. Paul Heyman did the whole Paul, Paul Heyman shtick. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paul Heyman and I am the advocate for the reigning, defending, undisputed, universal champion of the world, Brock Lesnar. And to be honest, as a guy who hated Brock Lesnar during his universal universal run, universal championship run. I kind of miss this. I kind of miss that Paul Heyman Brock Lesnar chemistry. And Brock really played Heyman on this angle because after that Brock said that Heyman has 5 seconds, 5 seconds to accept Brock's challenge for the Universal Championship and Heyman didn't answer Heyman didn't answer it so Brock put him on a F- F5 position and Bloodline got their finishers times 5 so Roman did the Superman punch um Brock uh Brock Lesnar didn't fall when he, when he got up he bounced from the he bounced from the ropes. The Usos super kicked him, and they saved him, man. So the other, so yeah, I mean, I love the slow build of it, and yeah. The other the other one is the Edge versus Rollins match. A lot of people are saying, and I agree with this one, that they should have done this with. They should have done this on SummerSlam, but I get. I think they are ju- they are just planning to do um, an extension of the program, but they kind of ended it or something, or they want to do something with it because um, you can see that there's a, there's an acting involved, a character development involved where um, when Seth Rollins pinned di- when when Seth Rollins curb stomp. Um, edge and pinned him there is that tug in her in his heart that he doesn't know what he did like he's shocked uh, on what he did he might have ended edge's career he might have paralyzed him because of the neck injuries that has happened and it's really um a tale between that a tale that has been told five years ahead of its time because if you remember five six years ago when Seth Rollins was this um indecisive blonde stripped hair champion and he was going to curb stomp edge on the money in the bank briefcase but didn't do it and this segment he did it and he's he he was scared after it because he didn't know what he what he had done with edge and this this segment really ran long the whole the whole match and segment run for almost 30 minutes 30 minutes which went to overtime leading leading to the low point of the show which is um the women's the women's match being scrapped off just because um edge and rollins went overtime especially 
during the match in 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 that women's match selena vega was part is going to be a part of it and as a show dedicated to remember 9-11 the 20th anniversary of 9-11 um selena vega's dad selena vega's father was some was one of the victims of that terrorist attack and cutting her off of the show and the show being in Madison Square Garden and as a New Yorker that would be an insult kind of an insult to her because you know hometown crowd plus that emotional baggage of her her father being part of the 9-11 terrorist bombings the part of the victims so yeah that that's just a low point and especially with with Selena Vega's story that he has been she has been fired from WWE because she didn't want to to give up her Twitch account and then they brought her back and now they she's still back she's back to that afterthought angles on on main roster so just just fire her already and let her explore in the promotions outside where they would um focus on her talents more focus on and that she would just use her talents somewhere else it's just a bad timing a bad timing for w a a bad move for wwe but yeah anyway let's go to aew so this is just very quick when it comes to aew the first one so last week um this is not the AEW show this week. This is AEW last week. So yeah, AEW last week. Um, my highlight is the MJF angle. Oh my gosh, that MJF angle between the daughter of Brian Pillman and the dot and Brian Pillman Jr. himself. Man, that 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 angle is so solid. That's so lit. That. MJF is is just really a master on the mic and he's so so young so he has a lot of years to hone his craft but yeah so on that angle MJF is dancing on the line between fiction and reality when he when he verbally attacked um the daughter of Brian Pillman and Brian Pillman Jr himself and um, Brian Pillman attacked, attacked MJF and Wardlow slowly coming to help MJF showing that there could be a face turn from M- from Wardlow at some point in the near future but yeah man the, the, the layers that this, ang- this angle had I'm just excited for the homegrown talents of AEW and I would love to see a feud between Brian Pillman Jr. and MJF. Low light, low point would be the Minoru Suzuki versus Moxley. And it, it's underwhelming because everyone was so hyped about this because it's, it's Tito Minoru Suzuki, Uncle Minoru, baby. He's the only 50-year-old guy who could kill you with a, with a single punch. You know what I'm saying? Like, he still looks mean at the age of 50. Well, one of the things that um, the crowd was not 
war was was against was um them cutting cutting a certain part of Minoru Suzuki's theme where everyone was supposed to to sing it out the crowd was supposed to be part of it where sing it out the Kazini forgot forgot the title but anyway I don't want to butcher it but yeah it was fun it was fun to see the crowd singing also the match was kind was kind of cut short I don't know why the finish was so abrupt that Dean Ambrose didn't even oh shoot it's not Dean Ambrose it's John Moxley so John Moxley didn't even um did his finisher right it's more of a underhook suplex rather than the what's the name of her of his finisher paradigm shift yeah i kind of understand that they need to give moxley that hometown that time to to be with the crowd because it's 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 his hometown but they just there are some there are some spots angles from the show that they could have just moved to rampage for example that dark order versus pinnacle match they could have just moved it to rampage and do that do the angle there where dark order is imploding and the other low part for me was the tolly blanchard promo after that dark order versus pinnacle match is it was kind of out of place because the focus of that match is for the the focus of that match is the imploding of the dark order but after that tolly blanchard was like doing a promo and saying that sting uh, he's calling out sting and darby allen for a match and yeah i feel like there's just a couple of steps missing from from the build-up and the calling of darby allen and sting for the match so yeah rampage in rampage is it's just an hour show so yeah the highlight of the match is the is the tag team match the tag the 3v3 tag team match between brit baker d m d rebel not reba and jamie hater versus riho chris tatlander and ruby soho the whole match was superb everyone did their own Everyone did their job right. They did everything to elevate the match, to elevate the people in the match. And it's a great way to showcase um, the talents of the women's roster. Because it's, it's six women. You could have done four, five months, five, five or six months of booking with three feuds just from this tag match. So yeah, it's it's an eye-opening match again for either for TK or for people watching that the women's roster of AEW is so stacked. They have a depth in their roster. They just need some time management so that they could showcase more of the um, showcase more of the WWE or or the AEW women's roster. And yeah, uh, my suggestion for this one is um, focus the women's wrestling on Rampage. Gave them, gave Rampage the spotlight for the women's wrestling. I, I I get it. Dynamite is a big show, and you want to 
to jam up everything there but again you have elevate aew elevate aew dark and rampage focus the women's wrestling on rampage the big show was the big show is dynamite and just just um make elevate and dark a one uh, a single show merge it and make it a developmental show so you have three brands right there anyway so yeah the low light really it's not it's not a bad thing but it's kind of confusing in a sense that um the post the post-match angle between andrade and pack where andrade attacked chavo after after andrade won because of a distraction from chavo so yeah it's just confusing for me but yeah it's kind of a weak point weak and confusing point so yeah that is the news for this week in a in aew and wwe and that's about it for um wrestling highlights of the week wrestling highlights and lowlights so we will be doing this each and every week so i hope um you get to you get to see you get to hear if you haven't watched the shows i hope that i could give you an insight of what has happened in every show from the past week that's about it so yeah now let's turn into something that is kind of different i i haven't seen a podcast or heard a podcast with 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 this so because we don't have a pay-per-view yet coming up we are going to fantasy book a feud so we are going to fantasy book roman reigns versus brock lesnar So, for this final segment, this segment is called Fantasy Booking. I don't even have a name for it, so I'm just going to call it Fantasy Booking. But yeah, but if you have any suggestions, message me on my Instagram. That is MSW underscore wrestling. That is MSW underscore R-E-S-T-L-I-N-G. Or comment on this video on YouTube. YouTube channel, YouTube channels is Midnight Station Wrestling. So, without further ado, this is how I would book Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar in 2021. Let's go. So, first of all, I wrote this one before the MSP show, so I didn't know that um what 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 it that it would happen so Brock, Lef- Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns had the promo and, and Brock is telling Roman that he is the beast and Roman is the prey and that Brock is always lurking in the shadows and coming for the prey when the least when the prey least expects it so in, in, in this um, I'm, I'm getting that um, real life real time booking where Brock is the Brock is the face and Roman is the face. So in Extreme Rules, Roman Reigns was Balor. During the whole match, from the entrance to the ringside, Paul Heyman easily distracted, easily startled, 
scared if Brock Lesnar would come out and little by little, Heyman became distracted. He can't fully concentrate on the match with counsel to the tribal chief and by that, Roman Reigns also is distracted. He is distracted by what Heyman is doing and because of that distraction, Balor capitalizes it by drop-kicking Roman, Slingblade, Coup de Gras, and then 1916 to win the Universal Championship. So, okay. Um, Balor won the Universal Championship that he never lost. He only vacated it after a day because of an injury and he never challenged for it. Or did he? I don't know. I forgot. Anyway, so again, this match is close to a 20-25 minute match. So Balor is built up really to to win and to be a viable threat to Roman Reigns during this time. That he is a worthy winner, a worthy champion, and not a fluke champion, a fluke winner because of a distraction from Brock Lesnar or, or Paul Heyman. Anyway, on the following episode of SmackDown, the Usos interrogate Heyman without Roman. They talk to him about how he has been working with Brock all along and he is buttering up Roman to, to feed him to the beast. And Heyman is telling that yes, he was distracted, but not because he is working with Brock, but he was afraid of what Brock will do to him. So on to the build-up. Um, so on, on to build up Roman Reigns again after losing the title. He needs to be built up with with feuds, feuds from the top guys. So top guys at SmackDown from at this point would be Cesaro, Kevin Owens, maybe even Edge would, would come back and fight him again, and Rey Mysterio. Little by little, Roman is losing confidence on Heyman as Heyman becomes distracted each and every time. Um, Roman is having a feud, and Heyman as his cancer. As Heyman as his counsel and on the on and on his last feud, let's say so let's say it's Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns on TLC in an extreme rules match, rekindling the match that they had earlier the earlier this year wherein Owens almost won. But the referee had to stop the count because of some issue with the handcuffs, like the bot and and I think this is what 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 WWE needs, what the feud needs, is inserting that realism into storylines, where it's a malfunction with the cops that um backstage people is protecting Roman Reigns. That's why they they ordered the referee to stop the count. And I do believe that Kevin Owens is the right guy to do that to do that angle of realism. Anyway. During the match, Brock Lesnar returns and attacks Roman. The Usos are not there to help Roman because Heyman told them at the start of the show that they can handle it. Roman and Heyman can handle it and Roman doesn't need any help from the Usos. And after the attack, Roman is laying in the middle of the ring while Heyman is smiling on the apron. You know, that, that smarty, that, that, that invigorating smile of Heyman, that sadistic smile of Heyman, and looking at Roman Reigns laying 
laying on the middle of the canvas, looking at the rafters, at the lights. Heyman is smiling on the apron, barking orders to Brock Lesnar to finish Roman Reigns. So, by the end of this match, the say Kevin Owens wins. So, to set up for the to set up the match for the for Royal Rumble, after a series of promos between the Bloodline and Paul Heyman, brawls between Roman and Brock. The only goal for me in this feud is to set up Roman for a future Dwayne the Rock Johnson feud on me. Because let's be honest, that is what WWE wants: uh, Rock versus. Roman feud in the rest in WrestleMania. Anyway, um, let's be honest that Roman Reigns' title run has become stale over the months of him being a champion because there is no challenge. There is no challenge that elevates the character of Roman Reigns, and um. So 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 my point my point with this is that Roman needs to lose the title so that he could bring back the confidence that hunger that he has before he had the title and proving that his champion that he his championship reign and dominance is not because of the guidance of Paul Heyman or the council of or the bloodline but because he has become a better wrestler than he was four three four five years ago. So, um, building up that definitive win against Brock Lesnar, building up that coming off from that feud, and to have a future feud with Dwayne the Rock Johnson would cement the legacy that even without Heyman, Roman is still one of the best, one of the best in the business, and he is the tribal chief. Of the Anuai family, and for Brock Lesnar, after the Roman feud, he may he he may challenge for, let's say, but st- still Finn Balor is the champion at this time, because let's be honest, everyone wants to see Brock Lesnar versus Finn Balor, even in WrestleMania. So yeah, that is how I will that that is how I will book. And that is how I will book Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar feud without the boredom of visiting those four WrestleMania main events. That 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 angle where they are, you know, hugging the title or whatever. So yeah, there you have it. That's how I would book Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. So yeah. So you can watch this. You can watch the video version of this fantasy booking again on my YouTube channel, Midnight Station Wrestling. And if you have any suggestions on what should I book next, message me on my Instagram. It's msw underscore wrestling. It's msw underscore r e s t l i n g on Instagram. So that's it. And that is the first episode of this Greener Than Green podcast this first episode of midnight station wrestling so yeah i hope you guys like this podcast and 
give it a good rating wherever you would hear it spotify apple podcast whatever so yeah the only way to end this podcast is by sending y'all some love and happiness so here it goes goodbye and remember to love yourself peace bang